Welcome to the New Missions Podcast, helping you live life on mission. On this episode, I sit down with my mother, Jeannie Detellis, and I have her tell us the stories of when the mission began back in 1983, and we talk through the first year of the mission. Plus, she shares about some insights she observed of watching children become influential and sharing the gospel to their families. Let's enjoy this conversation with Jeannie. Mom, thanks for taking the time to be with us today. It's an exciting season as we step into 38 years of ministry, serving in Haiti since 1983. I'd love for you to kind of bring us back to what it was like during that first year of serving in Haiti. In that first year, we were so excited and ecstatic to finally be on the mission field. And yet the needs around us every day were overwhelming but we saw the grace and the power and the mercy and the love of God displayed among the Haitian people. This was God loving the Haitian people in 1983. When you first went there, obviously planting churches and establishing schools was the focus, but spiritually things were much different 38 years ago in Haiti. What was it like? There was a darkness that penetrated you. You could feel the oppression and there was a cautious decision constantly to build yourself up spiritually so that you were above and beyond what you saw and felt in the atmosphere and in the presence of people being in total darkness, serving voodoo, and without the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And to begin sharing the gospel, how influential were the schools in working with children to become really a pathway to adults who were really grew up with voodoo and they really weren't that flexible in listening to the gospel? The schools and churches gave us great leverage because we didn't have school without telling the stories of Jesus, without praying, without introducing them to feel the presence of God in their lives. And the same with the churches. Um, worshiping Jesus, that brought them into that level of knowing a true living God that loved them and cared for them. And as we begin to care for their physical needs, they were drawn to the Jesus that we were talking about. I remember the early years where children would come to Sunday school at the churches, and then eventually they would invite their mom and dad to show up. And it was like the children became the evangelists in the villages where the mission began. Take me back for a moment for you personally, because you were a pastor's wife who moved to Haiti, brought your family, and sacrificed greatly. But what was the pioneering drive for you? You you left so much, but you were willing to risk so much. What caused you to surrender so greatly? I didn't feel as though I left anything at the time because this was something that God had placed in my heart. It was something I wanted to do. This was my dream to actually be there and live among the people. So that um, as a pastor's wife in the United States going to Haiti, I basically used those same skills, loving people, communicating. And then in the end, there's nothing that we can do in the natural to see a life transform. It happens by God himself. He touches their lives. He changes them. He makes them witness his love to other people. 
We're going to talk about the Haitians in just a moment and how you shared the gospel with them, but most people may not know that you actually hold a master's degree in international development, and you actually wrote your thesis on the first village that we served in the village of Nepali. Can you take me into some of the pages of your thesis? What was the thesis about? What did you write about? Well, the thesis was about how the children helped the families survive. The title of the thesis was The Role of Children in a Household Economy in Rural Haiti. Like, what did they do every day so the family could live and survive? And so I took a group of 20 children that were 10 years old, and I studied their behavior during the day. Did they go and walk? Did they gather water? Did they gather wood? Did they help in household chores? What did they do that helped the family to survive? Did the children follow the mother into the garden? Did they help plant? Did they help harvest? Did they help carry food to the marketplace to try to calculate how the family was surviving in Haiti? And what did you discover in regards to the impact a child had in the survival of the home? It was amazing to see children even like toddlers, two and three years old, mimic an older sibling and begin to carry things on their head and want to participate in the survival of the family. There, there was a spirit of working. There was I didn't see lazy children. I saw children that as soon as they were capable, they were carrying, they were walking, they were holding weights, they were doing something to participate so that the whole family could eat and survive. I remember seeing children walk out to a well and carry heavy you know, buckets full of water to bring water back for their families to cook. Yes, the 10-year-old children were carrying a five-gallon bucket, which probably weighed about 40 pounds. Yeah, it's amazing to see. And then I know, too, gardening and, and farming and fishing was very prominent in our communities. And children were involved, pulling in the fishing nets, helping to take care and cultivate that garden. How influential and critical was education changing that path of development for a child in the third world? For the most part, when we arrived, it seemed to be if a family had 10 children, they made the sacrifice to send one child to school so that one child was literate. So there were a few children in the village who had gone off to a school in the town to be literate, but they all knew that the rest of them were illiterate. And in coming to school and getting an education, they saw that as a way that they were climbing the ladder, that they were going to be different. And especially when they began to read the Word of God for themselves, that brought about the greatest change. So to put that in perspective, public education was not free in Haiti. They would afford or somehow figure out how to send one of their children to school. That was the norm. And that was the best they could offer was maybe one of their children could become educated. But then when the mission arrived, education became free to the whole family, and it was a radical change. So then the gospel, that was central to everything that the mission was about. I know you and Dad founded New Missions with the local church as the priority, but where did the gospel begin to make the change in the life of a child? I think that um, the first year that we were there, I heard people in the village talking, and then finally they came to us with this talk. And the talk was, 
Now that the missionaries have been here one year, nobody has seen death because of starvation. So that as we began school and we began to feed the children, it seemed to create enough for them to subsist on what they had without anyone in the family starving to death or children, especially under the age of five, dying quickly because of disease. There was the intervention of medical help and food and education that began a transformation in their lives that multiplied and accelerated. And now let's fast forward today. What role is the gospel in their lives? I know you have been close to many Haitians and have seen a transformation spiritually for them. What have you seen in regards to the faith in Jesus changing the fabric of their culture? As I look at the Haitians today, I see them standing taller and stronger than I ever could imagine. I see them so committed to the will of God. I see them with the call of God. I see them carrying on the mission of communicating the gospel of Jesus Christ. I see them shouting to their people to hope in God. And there's one verse in the scripture that really brings home to me how I feel about the Haitians on this 38th mission anniversary. And that's found in 2 Thessalonians, the first chapter and the third verse. And for the Haitians to hear it in Creole, and then I'll say it in English, it says, Mwemem akalat yo, nudwewan bondyo gras tuta punumem, frenu yo, dayese normal. Paske la foi nous a grandi, et puis l'amour nous tout nous gagne yon poulot la a augmenté. And in English it reads, We ought always to thank God for you, brothers, and rightly so, because your faith is growing more and more, and the love every one of you has for each other is increasing. So here we are, Mom. I'm appreciative of your time, but I'm also deeply encouraged by your sacrifice over the years and the joy that you also have brought to so many lives through the gift of new missions, not only in Haiti, but the Dominican Republic. Do you have any final thoughts or maybe something you may remember from those early years or something that you'd want to encourage us with, with living life on mission right where we are? Well, I can remember oftentimes, you know, when we were given out dry feedings, and those feedings, along with the school feedings, just seemed to make the families make it year after year. And I can remember praying with them that we're giving to you today, but we're believing for the day when you're going to have enough to give. And I can see the Haitians now reaching a point where they are really given to one another. And my greatest excitement with the Haitian community now is with the graduates of our Bible school, how I see them going out and they are planting churches and they are opening schools and they are doing a great job communicating the gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, it's a sweet joy to witness, Mom. I know that for you and Dad, you would have never imagined now 38 years later, um, a generation is truly on the rise, making an impact. So thank you for your life of dedication, and I thank God for you, and thanks for being my mom, but also thanks for pioneering new missions with Dad and role modeling for us such a dedication to your calling. I love you greatly. And we thank God because we know that it's nothing that anyone could do in a physical sense, but this is all God's work, His mission, His people, and He orchestrates His work as 
throughout the world to bring the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're very happy to thank God on this 38th mission anniversary for you and the people that make it their mission and they sacrifice and they give and they keep it going. God bless you all. Thanks, Mom. Thanks for listening to the New Missions Podcast, helping you live life on mission right where you are and wherever you go. I want to invite you to join us in sharing the love of Christ to children in Haiti through child sponsorship. Simply visit newmissions.org and search for a child to sponsor. You can help change the life of a child through the gift of education, medical care, food, and most importantly, the gospel. Thank you for partnering with us to make a life-changing difference in the lives of children from Haiti and the Dominican Republic.